Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This program is paid for by Advocacy United. All opinions or statements expressed on this program are solely those of Advocacy United or its guests and do not reflect the views of WPHD or Odyssey. Today's program is pre-recorded. Consider a career with the International Brotherhood of Boilermakers. As a Boilermaker apprentice, you'll earn while you learn. We offer excellent wages and benefits. And as part of our no-cost, hands-on apprenticeship program, you'll learn from the best in state-of-the-art training centers and on the job. Become a union Boilermaker and get on your way to a great career. Visit Boilermakers.org or call 844-IBB-WELD. And guess where this additional billion gallons of biofuel is going to come from? going to come from abroad. That's not an American first energy policy. We're in this together. Labor's in this. Building trades are in this. Refiners are in this. American consumers need us to do this too. Now across the Jacob Media Network, welcome to the Labor and Energy Show special. Exclusively presented by the PBF Energy Paulsboro Refinery and the PBF Delaware City Refinery in collaboration with the labor unions that build our communities. If you fix this RINs issue, you're looking at a reduction of 25 to 30 cents a gallon. This is the Labor and Energy Show, bringing labor leaders, national experts, and political influencers together to educate you about fancy terms like RINs and Reggie, while explaining the truth about energy independence. Welcome to the Labor and Energy Show with J. Doc and Krause. Hi, welcome to the Labor and Energy Show on the Jacob Media Network. Uh, we've got a fantastic broadcast, uh, lots to talk about, and, and, and certainly, uh, with, with, with the weekly show, we try to educate the public. We try to educate our policymakers, our union members and leadership across the country. Um, and we featured a who's who in, in labor and energy on the broadcast. This week's no exception. But this week is a special broadcast. Um, we're going to be talking uh, for the majority of the show uh, about the Shell Insight Conference. Uh, Marcella Shell Coalition presents uh, an amazing conference uh, and this year we're doing it in, in, in um, Erie, Pennsylvania. And our, and our guests on our broadcast, uh, Dave Callahan, president of Marcella Shell Coalition, also a board member of our Energy Education and Awareness Initiative. Dave, how are you, sir? I'm doing great, Jay Doc. It's great to be with you today. It's great to have you. And John Bain, who's also no stranger to the broadcast, director of government affairs, EQT Corporation, also the chair of the executive board for the Marcella Shell Coalition. John, how are you? Everything's going well. I appreciate you having us on again. It's, it's great to have you. And um, first of all, and I'll, and I'll kind of go back and forth. Dave, if you would, to our listeners, okay, what is the Shell Insight Conference? Sure. Thanks again. Um, the Shale Insight Conference is our annual conference at the Marcellus Shale Coalition holds. We're in our 13th year. Uh, we've traveled around the state to various locations, several years in Philadelphia, several years in Pittsburgh, and now for the past two, going on our third year now up in Erie. 
It's a gathering of energy leaders, um, energy industry participants, labor, government, and more. It's where everybody all comes together to talk about not only the current state of affairs in the industry, but what the future looks like. Over those 13 years, we've uh, averaged around 1,100 people per year. Obviously, during and after the COVID years, things have dropped a little bit, but we're bouncing back in a nice way. We're going to get back to those numbers hopefully this year. We've got a fully subscribed exhibit hall where you can see all sorts of new technology, products and services that are really propelling the industry forward. And of course, there's lots of sessions uh, for um, plenary sessions, main stage sessions and technical breakouts as well. It's a place that if you want to know what's going on in the industry and what the future is going to look like, you'll want to attend. And, and, and having said that, John, uh, what, what excites you about this year's conference? I think this year, and we've been seeing it slowly over the past several years, but now it seems to be ramping up a lot more, would, would be that basically the direction we're going with uh, unconventional natural gas production and energy as a whole from a 30,000-foot view. Uh, you know, people always said that energy transitions over 100 years. So we went from wood, went to coal. Now we're with gas. And now we're seeing new and exciting things such as hydrogen. Uh, so I think, you know, it will be a topic of conversation at the conference. Um, also looking at things such as carbon capture, which will go along with hydrogen production. So we're really moving into a new space uh, within the industry. And I, I think it's exciting. And I think we're going to see a lot of new faces this year because of that. And, and so I'm looking at the itinerary, okay? And it's a three-day conference, Tuesday, September 26, 27, and 28. And man, it's action-packed. I mean, this is an intense itinerary, incredibly impressive. Um, I'd like to ask uh, you both, uh, and Dave, I'll start with you. What 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 is your role in, in the conference as the president of the Marcelo Schiao Coalition? And when I say that, I'm talking about from an organizing uh, premise to a you know to the actual operations when it's going on sure there's everything from soup to nuts you know we were talking about football ahead of time so i'm going to use a football analogy there's a lot of blocking and tackling that goes on uh, before the conference actually takes place securing sponsorships securing speakers making sure the venue is set up you know all the, the blocking and tackling but day of it is just it work for those two and a half days. It's a whirlwind of activity. We try to give our, our conference attendees the best experience possible, whether it's ensuring that they've got sufficient time for breaks, sufficient time in the exhibit hall, making sure that things flow smoothly on the stage, making things making sure things flow smoothly as well in those technical breakouts. We try to offer something for everyone. Um, and something for all of our attendees. It's it's something that literally takes eight to nine months of planning before we pull it off every year. We'll take a month or so off after it concludes, and we'll start right back at it again. John, you know your role in the uh, in the conference. Yeah, I mean Dave and his team they do all the hard work. Uh, I have to give them all the credit. I will be there. Uh, I'll offer some remarks during the conference and actively participate in several panels. Uh, we have our board meetings and executive board meetings, but at the end of the day, it is Dave Callahan and his team that do a, a, just a fantastic job pulling it all together. And, and you'll see it firsthand, Joe. It's amazing. 
Oh, when we're there, I'm going to come up to you, and I'm I'm really looking forward to going and say I'll say great job, and you can say to me, wish I had some help. You know, I can stop doing it all myself. <laughs> I look at the itinerary, and it's absolutely incredible. Uh, and I let's talk about you know you have uh, a nice group of sponsors, okay? That I do a. a that really obviously are, are, are committed to what's going on. I'd like to kind of pay them some kudos, uh, if you would, Dave. Who Talk about the sponsors who make it happen. Sure, we've got sponsors uh, from companies like John's Company, EQT, CNX, uh, Chesapeake, Range Resources, Equitrans, and, and many, many more, Olympus Energy. There are, are sponsors from inside of the Commonwealth, outside of the Commonwealth. We even have companies that don't even operate in, in uh, Pennsylvania from Ohio and West Virginia who are sponsoring. And what does that sponsorship do? That allows us to put good programming together on the, on the main stage and in the breakout sessions. What you're going to see when you attend their, their JDOC is you're going to hear from a number of leaders from the, the leading companies, not just in this basin, the Appalachian Basin, but nationwide. So you'll hear from a couple CEOs, you'll hear from chief operating officers and more. And as John said, it's not necessarily about here's what we're doing. Of course, we're grounded in what we're doing right now. You know, I've had a sneak peek at some of the themes of what some of the folks are going to be talking about on the main stage. They're going to be talking about what the future holds. They're going to be talking not just about product services, but about how each and every day this industry evolves each and every day. Things are getting more and more sustainable, more efficient, and it's just astounding to see how things have changed and will continue to change into the future. It's interesting because, uh, you know, it is amazing when you look at the uh, sessions in a little while, but um, you have a, a very, I mean, there's a lot of uh, carbon capture, but, you know, a lot, you know, a lot of topics that are really focused on lowering emissions um, and, and new technology. Who, when you're putting the itinerary together, when you're talking about the actual topics, because this is where, in a sense, the rubber meets the road. Because you know, you're you're the, you're talking about the future of energy, okay? And and Marcella Shell, uh, you know, there's so many resources there. I mean, it's it's you know, incredible. Uh, Besides the actual, when you talk about the topics and the sessions themselves, because in a sense, you can look at that as like a roadmap, the future of energy right there. Talk about um, that, John, if, if, if or Dave, if you will, in regards to putting those topics and those sessions together. Yeah, I'll, I'll let Dave get into the, more of the details, but I think... We've evolved to the point uh, where this is the premier energy conference for our industry. And a lot of it is people reaching out to us. Um, and I'll kick it over to Dave from there to get into some more details. Well, it's, it's truly a collaborative process. It, it, is, it is thinking about what are the themes that could be explored, exploring those themes with the various speakers and sponsors. But it's also about who do we want to see on the stage? You know, who do, who do we think that the conference attendees want to hear from, regardless of what they talk about? And I will say this. It took me a while to get to this. We have some strong union voices on that stage, both on the main stage and in the breakouts as well. Uh, we've got Jeff Nobers from the Builders Guild in Pittsburgh Works today. 
Uh, we've got David Butterworth from Pipeliners uh, 798 uh, coming up to talk as well about infrastructure. That voice, that strong union voice, is such an integral part of not just what we do as an industry every single day with some of our advocacy efforts as well as our, our you know, the efforts out in the field to build and operate the infrastructure. But it's important for people to see that on display, that partnership at the conference. And that's why it took me a while to get to this as well, why I'm particularly proud that you're going to be there, that you're going to be there with Krause, and you're going to see it firsthand. And you're going to be able to talk to people from all sorts of facets of the industry and hopefully gather good information, good content to help feed for uh, future broadcasts and podcasts. Well, I'll tell you, and I first of all want to thank you, you Dave and, and John, for making it possible. One, one of the things that, um, so, you know, as part of our board, our Energy Education Awareness Initiative, taking our media platform, educating, um, you know, the listeners and, of course, our policy, but also um, really we talk about you know presenting um, individuals that are at the forefront, showing the faces of the places, okay? The general public never gets to hear that stuff, and therefore the narrative is always slanted. I know because that was me, uh, you know, two, three years ago. And so um, it was a lot of our labor people in the energy sector, you know, boiler makers, steam fitters uh, out there, uh, when 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 the PES refinery went down in Philly, and it was so confusing, that got us involved. And one of the things, so we're excited as heck about it. Uh, you know, to meet the leadership, uh, you know, to, to to meet the members of the of the coalition, and 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 really to be educated at the at the session. Okay, um, but you know, one of the things we want to do is you know make aware a platform that we all have. This is, uh, you know, this is a platform that we created, um, and our board of directors is, is is represented by labor and energy. We're getting more energy as you as you see uh, on a daily basis. Um, you talk about, uh, you know, a balanced board, um, but we just want people to understand in the industry that you know, we have a platform. I think we're a credible voice, and it will, and it does not take. And, and the reason I say that the, the, we talk about the voice. It doesn't take much to educate somebody in common sense. It's some a regular person, okay? That in 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 the, the details and the common sense in, in, in energy, we have so many important topics that are out there, okay? Our natural gas uh, industry, largely largely responsible for the lowering uh, of, of 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 emissions, if not completely responsible for the great work we do in the United States of America in lowering emissions. We've talked about the Page Coalition and, you know, little, little teeny things like, you know, uh, you know, some of our, 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 our foreign friends took them one year to, to, to um, destroy all the progress we've made in, in uh, decades. And so we also want everybody to know, you know, there are resources available. I want to thank you, Dave and, and John, for making it happen and for giving us that, that uh, opportunity to be out there. I was lobbying a little bit to get it. Now I can't wait to get to Erie, but I I I lobbied a little bit to get it to Roxburgh in, in Philadelphia. Here, but thanks so much for the invitation and the platform. By the way, your team is absolutely incredible. I mean, I, I have been a part of conferences before. 
I took I, I took part in it, the conference in Philadelphia from from the ground, and I know what what kind of absolute, you know, how, how many layers and layers and layers of you know, you know, it takes to, to put this conference together. And I can I, I, I shout out uh, to your team because um, they're doing a great job. They're the very best. And, 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 and you're going to see many union representatives there. We have a number of construction trade unions, as whether it's the operating engineers who are also sponsoring, the boiler makers, the pipe trades, and more. And as I said, Pipeliner 798. You'll be able to, to pluck those people out of the crowd, pull them over, record a few comments, and share it with your listeners down the road. Um, I'm really excited for, for your presence there. I think it's it just seemed like a natural fit, again, to show how we are so aligned on these issues and how if we if we work together, as we continue to work together, uh, we, we present such a strong unified front for common sense energy policies to, to steal a page from John Bain's book to unleash uh, what we have here in Appalachia and not only serve our own needs, but also serve the needs worldwide. You know, you know what I find amazing? I've had this conversation. So I had I was doing a broadcast recently and uh, it was one of our legal broadcasts in Delaware County. And. We, 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 we were having a conversation about labor and energy on the broadcast. And what I find absolutely refreshing is that I literally, and I, I wonder where the narrative comes from because, uh, you know, this guy's obviously a big dem, okay? Uh, his name's George Beatty, okay? And he, uh, we go way back, but... You know, the, the, the conversation and it's what, you know, when I'm talking about a lot of the issues, OK, it's very amicable. In other words, you know, as soon as I left that broadcast, I'm like, we got to get this guy on the labor and energy show because we have, you know, the lack of adversarial conversations that I've had with members of, you know, our, our community down here, individuals who you would think um, might be against, you know, uh, you, you, you know what what people are trying you know common sense and energy i can honestly say um it, it has been fantastic and i think a lot of that may have to do with you know they a lot of these people who who you could you know you could show them the holy grail and they don't care about it talking about individuals that just aren't um totally in tune with everything and you know they understand you know the details they understand but they, but I mean, they understand the principles, but not the details. And so I think there's a great opportunity. What I love to see, Dave, I saw your your op-ed with Rob Bear. Okay, and I love to see um, what's going on with you know with, with that collaboration. Okay, that in a sense partnership, that relationship, uh, you know, kind of taking off um, because that's really realizing the. Um, Utilizing, you know, both the resources of both to educate um, and utilize our, you know, listen, I call it influence and the influence. Okay. Um, we, you know, in labor, we have a lot of manpower. We have a lot of resources. Um, obviously, energy has a lot of resources. Um, together, I think it's a great marriage. And I think that it's a common space that you and I 
completely agree on um, is that, uh, you know, first of all, even on the show, I don't allow a lot of rhetoric on the show. We've had some individuals, as soon as they start getting into, you know, really extreme stuff, everybody gets shut down, right? I mean, whoever's listening automatically thinks it's crazy. And so I think we've done a good job, but we're just at the tip of the iceberg. And Marcelo Shell is such a, a, an important uh, you know, part of what's going on. We're now, we now have, and I think, I know you saw Chet Thompson, uh, a, a Metro uh, American um, a petrochemical manufacturers. I mean, they're, they're dealing with the issue of the, of the electrical vehicles mandates. Okay. One of the things, and that's a great example. And, 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 and in what we're doing, uh, Dave, and a lot of the issues that we're, we're tackling, people have zero idea of what these mandates can cause and the, 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 the uh, domino effect, how it affects jobs, the future and all those things. So I think edu- you know, our goal is to educate. We want to meet uh, a lot of your members and, uh, and, 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 uh, and learn from them. And I, I just, I literally can't wait till, till the conference. I've never been to Erie and, uh, we're going to get up early and take that trek to Erie PA and, and, uh, and, and, and we're, and we're really looking forward to it. We have a couple, a couple minutes left in this segment. I think we, let me just take a quick look. Um, we have about, a, a, I think a minute, let's do this. Um, uh, let's take a quick break. We'll have more from the Labor and Energy Show with Dave Callahan and John Bain in just a minute. What's a Boilermaker? We're the skilled welders, riggers, and craftspeople who will help you grow your competitive edge. We step up when others step back, and we do the job right, on time, on budget, and safely. No drama, just results every time. We're the International Brotherhood of Boilermakers, and everything we do begins with our bond. Let's get to work together. Visit bestintrade.com. PBF Energy wants you to know hidden RIN costs are adding almost 30 cents to every gallon at the pump and pushing independent American refineries to the brink. It doesn't have to be this way. President Biden can lower gas prices and protect thousands of union refinery jobs by fixing the renewable fuel standard. And he should. Visit FuelingUSJobs.com slash take action to urge President Biden to stop the RIN sanity and fix the renewable fuel standard today. Operate engineers are the men and women that move mountains. And the Engineers Labor Employer Cooperative, ELEG, puts them to work. They create opportunities for the men, women, and union signatory contractors of Local 825, repaving our roads, keeping our homes bright and warm, and even building our favorite team stadium. We understand infrastructure. That's why ELEG and Local 825 are ready to get to work. Buying a car is a big decision. Makes, models, colors, cost. But soon enough, the government is going to make that decision for you. Delaware and New Jersey are on a collision course to ban the sale of new gas-powered cars. In 2035, you'll have no choice but to buy an electric vehicle in those states. Tell Governor Carney and Governor Murphy to stop the EV mandate and let drivers decide. 
Western Atlantic States Regional Council of Carpenters is proud to present skilled union workers, including the workers that build and maintain our energy infrastructure. The safest, best trained, and most productive carpenters in the country are on the job. Whether it's energy from nuclear, wind, coal, natural gas, or offshore wind, the EAS carpenters are ready to provide the construction need of an energy industry our families depend on. If you're interested in a job in construction, visit EASCarpenters.org or follow us on social at EAS Carpenters. This program is paid for by Advocacy United. Today's program is pre-recorded. Portions of tonight's Labor and Energy Special are being supported by the members of the Labor Union Community, including Steamfitters Local 420, Jim Snell Business Manager, the Eastern Atlantic States Regional Council of Carpenters, and the United Steelworkers. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Labor and Energy Show here on the Jacob Media Network. Uh, we have got a great broadcast. Ecstatic to have Dave Callahan, President, Marcel Shell Coalition, John Bain, Director of Government Affairs, EQT Corporation, uh, talking about the, uh, the Shell Insight Conference that's coming up on the 26th, 27th, and 28th of the month. We're all incredibly excited. Um, so much going on. Let, let's talk about, uh, let's talk a little bit about the sessions uh, and, and the topics themselves. I mean, because, um, you know, they, they give you an idea of where this, uh, you know, where the industry's going. Uh, John, you had said that, you know, I mean, th- th- this is a, uh, th- th- this is a, Massive uh, conference. It's, it's a primary conference in the industry now, um, and you had mentioned hydrogen. Um, and and one of the one of the um, one of the you know the sessions is uh, hydrogen and and carbon capture, carbon capture. Uh, keep on rolling. What the latest developments mean for the natural gas industry, um, John? Touch on that a little bit, and and um, and how important that. Uh, that session is and and give us a little insight on it sure and i think it goes back to what i mentioned previously that we are you know changing as an industry and a big part of it will be using hydrogen as a feedstock for manufacturing for power generation and i think you know a lot of people don't understand what that means because i certainly didn't when i heard it initially uh, years ago but now we're talking about it all the time and uh, blue hydrogen is basically produced when you have natural gas and you take the carbon from the natural gas and you have hydrogen. And that can be used as a feedstock, as I said, for manufacturing, for power generation. Uh, the carbon then can be captured and injected underground. And that's something that uh, we're working on in several states, including Pennsylvania. We have had regulations passed in West Virginia. So that's another thing right? from a legislative standpoint we are uh, going to have to change some regulations in order for that to be a, a possibility. Dave, if you would, jump in. Yeah, and that's an area, and John, great description, first of all, but that's an area where, you know, you're, we're dealing with the policy needs, as John has already pointed out, the, the legal, the policy, the regulatory needs, what the framework needs to look like to allow it to happen. But there's also the technology. You know, the technology is changing day by day, week by week, month by month about getting more efficient, making things more sustainable when it comes to um, uh, processing hydrogen, creating it and dealing with the carbon and not just injecting it, possibly using it in other forms. Um, It's an example of of something that will be explored in great depth during like a 75 minute. And it sounds intimidating, but a 75 minute session 
when you're talking about a project like that and a topic like that might not be nearly enough. That's something that could fill its own its own conference. But um, it's just one of the many examples. If, if I could, I'd like to talk about one other thing that when we were talking about common sense policy from a policy standpoint, um, you know, John and I, I, it's been great working with John as the chairman. He's been a great boss, a great leader for the organization. And I think he and I are 100 percent aligned, as I think the three of us are 100 percent aligned, where energy independence, energy reliability, energy sustainability, making sure there's good jobs to, to support that. It's not an R or D issue. It's right down the middle, strictly right down the middle. And so we're proud that we've got folks from both sides of the political aisle that will be offering comments. Uh, West Virginia Senator or U.S. Senator from West Virginia, Joe Manchin, um, Pennsylvania uh, Congressman Guy Reschenthaler. And we've just secured uh, some comments from the United States Assistant Secretary of State for Energy. We'll be talking about things like LNG and what U.S. energy strength means for the rest of the world. It's balance. That's what we're looking for. Uh, we're, we're not we're not picking one side over over the other. This is something that applies to Americans in their kitchen table discussions. And we want to present that at Shale Insight as well. Absolutely. And, and I, I always say and I, I end a lot of our shows by saying it's not a union issue. Shouldn't be a political issue. It's a human issue. OK. And, uh, you know, so it's well said. And certainly one of the things that I you know want to bring labor to the table is to utilize, first of all, to be educated. OK, number one. Okay, number two, uh, but at the same time, a lot of our uh, energy sector labor leaders, as you said, are very educated on, on these issues. A lot of the workforce is working the plants, they work in the refineries, they work at all these places. Um, yeah, so, but it's the entire labor community. And I think, you know, what's interesting, everybody knows. When you, you get that sense when you talk to everybody, uh, you, you very rarely get anybody who, you know, who's, you know, even when it comes to labor, who, who who doesn't have a good idea that whatever's going on right now, that can't, that can't last. We have to come up with these solutions that we are. And so that's been a great gift. That's been a great uh, learning and, and, and experience for us. It's been great to get the cooperation. Um, one of the, the, the next segment, uh, the next session, renewable natural gas, decarbonization, for a blended energy future. What is renewable natural gas and, and of course, the decarbonization of a, uh, for a blended energy future? Dave? Sure, that's, that's another breakout session that will go into great detail. Renewable natural gas, or RNG, is, look, it, methane derives from the decomposition. This isn't a science experiment, but, but allow me, please. Uh, methane results from the decomposition of organic material, whether it's organic material that was de deposited far underground 400 million years ago, like the Marcellus and Utica shales, or dairy waste, farm waste, food waste. Some of that stuff can be turned into methane. It certainly happens at landfills as well. That's been generally referred to as renewable natural gas. It, you know, it's it's sort of the, the same components. And some of the companies involved in the organization are trying to tap into that to help supplement. Now, is it going to, is it going to support every home in Pennsylvania, every business? No, it's, its reach is very, very limited, 
but it's about making good use of what's there and it's about making good use of what technology is out there to get that product to market. And, and JDOC, we see the same thing in another energy source. That's, that's called geothermal. You know, the same companies who have figured out the technology to go a mile, two miles underground, three, four, five miles out laterally to tap vast resources of, of gas in the Marcella Shale, Utica Shale formations, they could utilize some of that same technology, some of that same know-how to drill down and tap into geothermal energy as well. Just another example of, of how this industry is so broad in scope and how it really has its eyes on the future. It's interesting. You mentioned, you know, a science project. How closely, John, do you, does, your con- does your company work with the scientists uh, on, on, and, and uh, on, on new technology? Because one of the things that we've learned in our trek is that you know, energy can be a complicated language, okay? And translating that and on the broadcast, one of the things we try to do is learn as much as we can. Uh, you know, then there's a good example right there about uh, something that might be complicated and, and, and in a sense translated to our neighbors. You talk about that kitchen table conversation that we're all having. If there's one person at that kitchen, by the way, I was that person at the kitchen table about a month ago with my two cousins. We were talking about, we were talking about the Phillies when, when Trey Turner was still in his slump. I start, we were at a restaurant and I walked in and I said, well, I'm just preparing for my labor and energy show. We talked, they were looking at me like a little sideways, but by the end of that conversation, we're like, well, how about that? They were first surprised that I knew, right? And that I had that information. But, you know, talk about that, 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 that conversation with the scientists and working close with scientists to create these new technologies um, that, that will take us into the future, John. Well, let's start with this. I don't work closely with the scientists, <laughs> but I have. We have very, very smart people on our team. Sure. Uh, our executive vice president for new ventures is going to be speaking at the conference, and he's going to talk about some of the things that that we are doing and the organizations that we're partnering with. Uh, an example is the Appalachian Regional Clean Hydrogen Hub, which is an application we put in with the Department of Energy to fund hydrogen projects. But we're working with the Gas Technology. Uh, Institute. We're working with a company called Battelle and and others. And that's where this technology really, they're the folks that drill down and get involved with, you know, the scientific community. And also uh, universities are very helpful. Academia is critical to what we all do. So you're, you'll hear from uh, our executive vice president. I think he's going to get into that a little bit at the, at the conference. But yeah, there are some very, very smart people uh, that, that that reach a lot of different factions of this industry. And again, at Channel Insight, I'm sure we'll have some of those individuals and hopefully you'll get to pull them in and have a few conversations. If I I can, you might hear from some uh, academics there. One of the facets of the conference is that we have a university research showcase where on for for the last several years, uh, we highlight research that's being done by students and faculty that's of uh, great interest and, and assistance to the industry. Um, so we're gonna be um, featuring eight different researchers, their projects, we're gonna welcome them on the main stage, but more so, um, they'll be in the exhibit hall with, uh, with some of their materials, with some of their posters showing what they've done, the research they've done, the practical application, 
and folks going through that exhibit hall will be able to hear from them firsthand what they're doing, what their interests are. And, you know, while that's that's good for us, that's good for them, it's our hope that it also spurs more people who are looking into pursuing a degree to look into pursuing a degree that's a part of our industry. Just like for, for you, Jay Doc, and for, for the folks and our friends in the construction trades, we want to ensure that that next generation of workers are there. So whether it's a scientist, whether it's a boiler maker, a steam fitter, a pipe fitter, an engineer, we want to make sure that the next generation and the generation after that know that this energy source is going to be around for a long time. It's going to continue to evolve, but there's good family-sustaining, community-sustaining jobs and opportunities from all walks of life available. One of the things, and I'm so happy about this conversation that we're having because we're going from New Jersey to Washington, D.C., across uh, to Pittsburgh and, and uh, up into West Virginia um, and Ohio, is that uh, it, it, taking that chain uh, of, of, they talk about scientists, you talk about, uh, uh, you know, the, the, the individuals at your companies um, who, who are, you know, delivering the message and, of course, labor. And we're, and because everybody, you know, this is a complicated uh, you know, this is a complicated in- industry and process, and there are so many new technologies that are coming forward um, that it takes a, a teamwork. And 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 dealing uh, the words "work together" is such an uh, you know that's been such a big part of John Bland. And I, I know uh, John John Bain. Do you know John Bland? Yes. Okay. Yep. And Dave, I know you know him also. Uh, he said something to me one time, and I think this. This applies to what we're talking about now. And I wish all the listeners would understand this. The more I learn from uh, the talented people like yourself and individuals that represent the energy uh, community, the more I, I, it, 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 I feel like I'm in the twilight zone when I think about what John Bland said is, why aren't we all working together? Normally, we would be working together. But for some reason, the narrative has gotten shifted. I look at um, one of the topics we're going to talk about is carbon capture. Okay, one of the things you're going to talk at one of the sessions. Okay, and work. John Bland said to me one time when it was PES when we had that uh, situation in Philly, and he said, "When do we stop working together?" It's clear that what what our energy community prioritizes is, you know, not only you know providing great uh, power sources, but also within a low-carbon uh, future, okay, and, and lowering emissions and all those things, okay? It's a, I've not, and believe me, I came into this thing, uh, you know, with my eyes open, seeing what's going on. It's, when I look at the itinerary for this conference, it's a large portion of what's going on, okay? And, uh, you know, blazing the trails into a, a low-carbon future, and at the same time, being able to use some of the greatest resources in the in the world on the planet Earth at Marcella Shell. So it certainly is, uh, you know, refreshing. Uh, and and I want the listeners to understand that you know we should all be working together for these common sense solutions. Let's talk a little bit about carbon capture and that session. Okay, um, one of the, the sessions called carbon capture and underground storage, uh, injectivity and containment testing. Uh, Dave, if you would touch on that. 
again, I think when we talked about a, another session that was somewhat related to this in hydrogen uh, development, hydrogen production, and carbon capture, we recognized that there were some policy issues and technology. This seems to be purely focused on the technology. Um, you know, a lot of it deals with geology. You're going to hear people that, that understand the geological requirements for carbon capture. But there's also, you know, whether they get into it or not, there's also the practical implications of how do we get pipelines developed? How do we get the right people to work on those pipelines? What are the requirements for those pipelines? Uh, is, is CO2 a different product to ship compared to natural gas, compared to oil, compared to anything else that we ship via pipeline right now? There are many technical considerations, and there are some of the, the, the best and the brightest of minds working on that right now from across the sector and across the country. And so this is just another one of those opportunities to dig deep into those issues. And, and having said that, okay, because people are going to be hearing a lot more about carbon capture as, as, as the months go on and the years go on. It's, it's uh, a technology that's being developed. Um, you mentioned pipelines, okay? And one of the things, and this is a little off, uh, you know, but not really, uh, permitting reform, okay? Um, sometimes it takes almost a decade to get a project underway. And millions and millions and millions of dollars. We talked about, um, you know, permitting reform on previous broadcasts. But, uh, John, if you would, let's start that conversation. Yes, thank you. And I'll start with this. Uh, in 2022, we saw the lowest pipeline build out since 1995. Uh, we built 3% of the pipelines that we were building in 2017. Again, that's a major problem. And it does come down to the issues of permitting. If I asked you to invest in a billion-dollar project and then told you it was going to take 10 years, would you want to invest in that? I mean, I, I, I don't think you would. And we have decision-makers in Washington that can help solve this problem. Uh, they've taken some smaller steps so far. But, it, again, it comes down to working together because it's not just our industry of natural gas production. It's energy as a whole. Uh, they're they're – when, as we build out solar and wind and other forms of energy, you need transmission lines. They have the same issues that we do when it comes to, to permitting, to get new transmission lines. The same pertains to, uh, to broadband, which you know, should be a little more important for me because I'm having some technical difficulties, as you can hear in the background. But it, it, it's going to take investment. And the carbon capture piece of it is huge. But again, we talk to individuals who want to help the environment. They want to lower emissions. And as soon as we say pipeline, they don't want to support any effort that would create a new pipeline, no matter what the positive benefit of a pipeline would be. So we, we face the issue of, one, it takes a long time to uh, go through the environmental standard uh, applications, which we don't, want to, we don't want to skimp on that. Don't get me wrong. We want to do the permit, the extensive permit applications. We just want them reviewed in a timely manner by one agency instead of having a government agency go over the same uh, application, you know, three or four different times. The other problem we have is litigation. Every time there's a permit approved on a controversial project, it is challenged in court by, an in, by uh, organizations that do not want our industry to succeed. And that is a major problem as well. And hopefully in Washington, they'll be able to figure out a way 
to fix the permitting issues uh, responsibly, but allow people to do business. We shouldn't be talking about uh, the lowest pipeline build out in the country since in the year 2022, when we have issues where we need to get gas on the water, ship it overseas to help our friends in Europe. Uh, Russia took 10 BCF a day of natural gas off the market, which cost Europeans $800 billion. When you look at those numbers, they're staggering. And uh, it all comes down to if we have the political will to do permitting reform, to put pipelines in the ground, to build LNG facilities, uh, we are the solution and we can provide energy security, not just for the United States, but for the entire world. You know, over the summer, you know, in a, in a bipartisan agreement, Congress and the president agreed on a debt ceiling deal that included permitting reform provisions. Uh, how's that impacting, you know, what's going on? We've had recently we had uh, and we have a new board member, Peter Holran of uh, Enbridge. And, uh, you know, they're still having issues. Uh, talk about that, if you would, Dave. Sure. First and foremost, I think I've said it on this program before, it shouldn't take have to take an act of Congress to get a much-needed pipeline approved. It shouldn't take that plus all the delays, all the challenges for something that investors put the money behind. There is clearly a need for that product to be shipped. It's John did a great job of, of discussing and sharing, um, you know, how pipeline projects have really, really dropped off precipitously we need more we need more capacity to get more product where it's needed certainly overseas definitely to areas of the country you've heard me say it before like new england where new england is energy starved and energy starved to the point where i'm going to keep saying it where at one point there was a tanker loaded with russian gas in boston harbor ready to ready to supply the region we need that infrastructure those are not just good jobs those are sound environmental investments as well, because we've seen how increased use of natural gas has led to much lower CO2 emissions, in particular from the power generation sector. And it's also led to cleaner air in general. We've got the facts to back that up. We've got the information to back that up. It's a great investment. It's a great resource. But infrastructure is the key to unlocking it. What's well, interesting, because I believe there's a four point five, four and a half year environmental process okay it, you know when, when you're talking about permitting uh we talked to, to pete horan and the, the line five replacement project okay they're trying to upgrade the current uh the the, the, the current line okay that's going to improve safety and all those things and uh the, the the reservations um that the project goes through uh have put a major roadblock in what's going on and and uh, so the narrative is what it is. What um, what do we, you know, what can we do, uh, labor and energy and the general public, what can we do, uh, you know, in a sense, this is a big part of, of uh, common sense and energy, but what can we do um, to, to help improve that process? John, feel free to back me up. I'm going to go really short here, but uh, what we could do is continuing to advocate at both the federal and the state level for permit reform, for regulatory clarity, and also when there are local decisions, statewide decisions on individual permits, to weigh in on those permits together to show the benefit, to show the need. John. Yeah, you're spot on, Dave. Uh, Joe, it's just a matter of everybody 
coming to the table, working together. I know I've said it before, but uh, th this industry, the Marcel Shale Coalition, we're open for conversations with anyone. Uh, but when it comes to permitting, again, we want to do things right. Uh, but we want to do things in a manner which allows us to plan our business. Because if we can't do business uh, and plan that business, why are we here, right? And we need that reform in order to, to thrive um, as an industry. Let's do this. We're going to take a, a quick break. Uh, we're going to have more from the Labor and Energy Show in just a minute. PBF Energy wants you to know hidden RIN costs are adding almost 30 cents to every gallon at the pump and pushing independent American refineries to the brink. It doesn't have to be this way. President Biden can lower gas prices and protect thousands of union refinery jobs by fixing the renewable fuel standard. And he should. Visit FuelingUSJobs.com slash take action to urge President Biden to stop the RIN sanity and fix the renewable fuel standard today. The Eastern Atlantic States Regional Council of Carpenters is proud to present skilled union workers, including the workers that build and maintain our energy infrastructure, the safest, best trained and most productive productive carpenters in the country are on the job. Whether it's energy from nuclear, wind, coal, natural gas, or offshore wind, the EAS carpenters are ready to provide the construction need of an energy industry our families depend on. If you're interested in a job in construction, visit EAScarpenters.org or follow us on social at EAS Carpenters. Neuter Integrated Multicraft Contractors has been a force since 1896. That's right, 1896. And specializes in welding, piping, mechanical, structural, construction reviews, project management, and rigging design services. For a free consultation, call Neuter at 314-421-7600. Neuter proudly serves petroleum refining, chemical processing, power generation, and alternative energy. Get in touch with Neuter at 314-421-7600. Can you afford a brand new electric car or a charging station for your home? Want to spend your days waiting in line at a public charging station? Well, buckle up. Delaware and New Jersey are planning to ban the sale of gas-powered cars by 2035. Most drivers can't afford it, don't need it, and don't want it. Tell Governor Carney and Governor Murphy to stop the EV mandate and let drivers decide. Portions of tonight's Labor and Energy Special are presented by PBF Energy and supported by members of the labor union community, a collaborative to educate the public and change the narrative. Welcome back to the Labor and Energy Show on the Jacob Media Network. Uh, you know, I, I can't thank uh, Dave Callahan, President Marcel Shell Coalition, and John Bain, directly, Director of Government Affairs, EQT Corporation, enough for, for being on the broadcast. Guys, we got about three minutes left. I'd like to, uh, and, 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 and certainly the per permanent reform issue. So it's so important for us to be able to get our, our projects off the ground in a realistic fashion. What you're doing uh, in, in regards to the future of energy, I, I, I was looking at, at the, at the um, you know, at, at, at the itinerary for the, uh, you know, for the, the conference coming up. And, and we talk about the ground zero for the future of, 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 of energy development. And it's just such a great example. When I look at this itinerary, I look at a roadmap. Uh, closing remarks uh, in regards to the the, uh, the upcoming Insight Conference. Uh, Dave, if you will. Sure. It, it, again, it's a great opportunity to hear from industry leaders, policymakers, labor, those who are also involved in advancing the technology that is changing this industry every single day. 
Um, and I'm just so glad that you're going to be a part of it. I'm glad that my president, or pardon me, my chairman, John Bain, will be a part of it as well. It, it never disappoints. John, John, if you will. Yeah, uh, it's going to be a great conference. It always is. And I think, as I said uh, at the start of the show, uh, we're seeing this industry change and evolve, and it's happening quickly and it's happening every day. Uh, the members of the coalition and our guests and members of organized labor, uh, I think they're they're in for for a great uh, couple days and uh, a lot of a lot of information to absorb uh, at that time. But it, it's going to be a great conference. And there's going to be a lot of socializing and networking also, correct? I mean, people meeting people for the first time. I heard uh, Dave Callahan is, it can be seen uh, on the dance floor on occasion. It's just a rumor going. Um, but, I reserved a spot for you. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Well, I'm a terror on the dance floor, yeah. <laughs> Security, please. Um, having said that, if uh, the, 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 the insight... Uh, shale convention is September 26th, 27th, 28th in Erie, PA. Uh, Dave, if, if somebody wants more information on it or they want to attend, can, can are there still possibilities for individuals to attend? There's certainly time to register. You can take a look at our website, marcelluscoalition.org. You can take a click on there onto Shale Insight. But while you're there, I always put a plug in for all the resources we have there got a ton of good fact-based information just like you do on this this podcast and broadcast uh, we like to share good solid information that people can bring back to that kitchen table and have their discussions about energy awesome i want to thank again dave callahan and john bain for being our guests here uh, uh, a great job uh to, to the entire team uh going to be a, a very successful insight shell convention uh, we're proud to be a part of it. Uh, certainly, uh, the Energy Education and Awareness Initiative Advocacy United. Uh, shout out to Joe Krause, who, who's uh, my partner in, in, in this entire thing. We can't wait to get there. I uh, want to thank everybody for tuning in to the Labor and Energy Show here on the Jacob Media Network. On behalf of Dave Callahan and John Bain and Joe Krause, and a shout out to Kateri Krause for making it happen, our producer in the booth. I'm Joe Doherty. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to tonight's Labor and Energy Special. You can help. Call your congressperson and join the movement to push back on RINs. This program is paid for by Advocacy United. All opinions or statements expressed on this program are solely those of Advocacy United or its guests and do not reflect the views of WPHD or Odyssey. Today's program is pre-recorded.